0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wemeloo, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. I mean, look, listen, there was nothing to be proud of in the sense that, like, um, they should have never been that deep in the hole against Washington in the first place. Like, I don't care that OG wasn't here for this game because he cut his finger doing Uh I don't care that Gary had plantar fasciitis, so he missed a game. Like, that does not matter. Washington is the worst team in the league, and you cannot let them come into your building and build up such a large lead over you to the point where they're doing like showboating in transition of how easy the game is. But having said that, for the Raptors to close this game, the Raptors closed this game on a twenty-two to one run, and um, you know the the frantic energy. The epic choke job by Washington down the stretch where they had lots of layups missed. They had a wide open threes missed. And the Raptors made every single play down the stretch to secure the win, culminating in a tie where it was 107 all. Pascal Siakam has the ball coming off a screen from Dennis Schroeder, decides to drive right so that he can get Jordan Poole on the matchup. Jordan Poole, one of the worst defenders in the league. Pascal drives, gets him into the middle of the lane, pulls up for a mid-range jumper. And it hits short uh, a front rim, but it bounces in. It's the deserved result for how good Pascal was in this game. 39 points in 38 minutes for Pascal Siakam. A plus 18 on a night where the Raptors were lifeless and dead. And he was probably the only starter who played even close to par uh, for what he does. And he gets the game winner to drop. Of course, the Raptors still got to you know defend for the last seven seconds there. The Raptors defend the inbound. Uh, Kyle Kuzma comes close to the corner to receive the pass, but Scottie Barnes is right up on him, pressed up on him, and uh, Kyle Kuzma steps out of bounds. Uh, And then the Raptors get the timeout from Darko, drop a nice play. They get the inbound play set up where they advance the ball past half court, but they get Dennis cutting from the middle of the lane off the screen all the way into the backcourt, gets the pass in cleanly, dribbles around, wastes four seconds off the clock, and ultimately the Wizards foul him. He goes to the foul line, makes both, Clinches the game, and the Raptors complete the comeback. But my goodness, my goodness, like this game should not have been like that. They really really was not like that. Their win probability, uh, according to Blake Murphy, win probability got as low as 2.4%, and the Raptors still pulled it out. Or put it another way, the Raptors only shot 4 of 21 from 3. The Raptors won a game in 2023 where teams are shooting 53s a game. No problem, right? Teams were between 53s a game. The Raptors won with four three-pointers made. And, you know, like that That was kind of how wild this game was. But, you know, I think you got to give – well, first off, look, let, let's start with the positives and, and, and let's go to the, to, the, to, the, uh, to, the, to the other half because, you know, this game was shaping up to be an all-time bad react pod. Uh, not like this. But the biggest things for me in the second half were, you know, they got Pascal the ball a ton – in this matchup, which is why I picked the Raptors to win this game, and I thought the Raptors, even without two of their best shooters in the game, uh, should still win because Pascal has such a size advantage over so many of these Washington players. Um, I don't think anyone should be able to guard him, and so between him and Scotty being able to punish the Wizards at the in, in the in the lane, like I thought that that was going to be. Um, The Raptors made advantage, but the Raptors didn't use it enough in the first half. They also just played poorly overall. Like, I don't know what strategy was involved in them just playing with zero energy and zero compete whatsoever, but they got Pascal the ball a ton in the third quarter to the point where he had 22 points in the third quarter, an 8 of 10 shooting, all within the paint, all like, you know, right at the basket, drew a ton of fouls as well. Uh, He made the free throws enough today, 9 of 14. I mean, still obviously a lot of missed free throws. Uh, but still, you know, Pascal's energy and, and effort was like there, clear cut. It was, you know, in a game where the Raptors just didn't have anything else, Pascal was the one who dragged them um back into the game in the third quarter. However, having said that, the Raptors were still down. Uh they were still down ten points heading into the fourth. And it was looking shaky. The Raptors gave up a couple of plays. The Wizards got out to a lead. You know, this is one Pascal sat. Um, but I thought the energy really, really did pick up defensively. And look, the energy was not there defensively in the first half. It was so bad. Washington uh, got out to uh, the early lead. It was 18 to 9 before Darko called the first timeout. Uh, then the Raptors get some more bad shots. Darko calls another timeout. Like, it was just nasty. Like, the Wizards scored, like, 18 points in the first five minutes of the game. And I know they are like, decent offensively. But, damn, it was, like, everybody getting in for a layup. Uh, Everyone getting open threes. You know, I I said the positives first. So let's let's go to the positives. Defensively, the energy really, really picked up. And I think the standouts to me were Scotty Barnes, were Chris Boucher, Malachi Flynn. um, And to a lesser extent, Dennis Schroeder as well. Um, And I only say lesser because I don't think Dennis was guarding the ball all that much. Uh, but all those guys made some hustle plays. Malachi with a verticality at the rim in a one possession game with two minutes left against Jordan Poole. Malachi jumps up in the air, hand straight out vertical, forces the miss on the layup. Chris Boucher, two uh, rotating blocks at the basket. You know, the, the the Wizards decided to close the game with Bilal Koulibaly, who's the rookie, and he really can hit threes. Um, you know, to any really consistent extent, although he was one of one from three today, but he wasn't even willing to shoot them all that much. But Chris was rotating over off of him in the corner, blocking shots at the basket, multiple huge stops. Scotty, you know, eating the punishment uh, with a moving screen that left him like lying at half core for a solid minute there before he got up. You know, getting and earning that uh, that uh, that that turnover on Washington, Dennis, same kind of deal, getting through a screen, getting laid out, falling on the floor to get that turnover. And that allowed the Raptors to, A, um, get stops, but B, run out in transition. And the Raptors' offense in this game was a lot of transition, especially down the stretch. It was, you know, they didn't get the ball to Pascal as much. Pascal did most of his damage in the third quarter. Obviously, they got him the ball in the most important moment, which was for the game winner, and he hit it. Um but, like, a lot of this was in transition, and the Raptors, you know, breaking with such speed. You know, Scotty breaking out with, with, with in transition. Malachi hitting a huge catch-and-shoot three in the corner for one of the Raptors' four made threes on the night. But Malachi was huge in this one, man. Shouts to Malachi. Huge fight in this one. Um, you know, uh, Chris Boucher running the floor for two buckets down the stretch there, both in transition. I think both off a of passes from Pascal, which ultimately tied the game at 107 in the first place. The Raptors just running, running, running. And, look, listen... This is what happens. You play Washington. Washington is a bad team. Like, they, bad teams find a way to lose, and good teams find a way to win. And I'm not saying the Raptors were so good in this one. I mean, I would say both teams were bad teams to, to large degrees in this one. But when you look at the plays maybe at Washington down the stretch, to, the idiotic plays, the, the missed layups, the open threes that they missed, the, the bad shots, the poor transition defense, the fact that they turned it over and couldn't even get a shot to potentially tie or win the game at the end there with plenty of time left on the clock – off a timeout I'll trying to inbound the ball, like, they find ways. But it, it wasn't a given that the Raptors were going to capitalize on that. And, and that's where I have to say, like, a, a huge, huge effort... And a huge, huge, um, you know, show of support to the fact that you know the Raptors did summon that energy because they could have given up on this game. I thought they did give up on this game. They did not play with the requisite energy that you would need to beat any opponent at the end of this game. But they ultimately summoned that towards the end, and you have to give these guys a lot of credit. Got to get Darko some credit as well. I thought in a game like this, it's not even so much about what strategy you use. It's not so much like I'm going to run the point five offense. It's not like oh, I'm going to you know. Switch up the defense and do this. I mean, there I think there were more adjustments defensively and offensively, but offensively it kind of boiled down to a run like hell when you're in the fast break and try to as much as possible to score on the break. But B, when you're in the half court, give the ball to Pascal on the post, give the ball to Scotty in the post. And you know, the Raptors last two half court buckets in terms of non-transition were both like that. Scotty Barnes driving one on one against Kyle Kuzma, beasting him and going up for the uh, you know, the the layup through the contact could have been an and one but ultimately made it and then pascal with that pull-up jumper over pool like that's what they needed to do offensively and then defensively like look you, you could talk about schemes you could talk about whatever but ultimately they had to find the right people with the energy in this game lots of games for the raptors you do not see chris boucher closing this game lots of games you don't even see chris boucher at all right but in this kind of game you needed chris and in a comeback kind of performance Chris has been part of some pretty big comebacks, man. Think back to the 30-point comeback. You know, he was huge in that game. Sometimes you need that kind of all-out energy. You need the fact that you got to gamble for the ball a couple times. You need his, like, ability to sprint and run and, like, man. I mean, the fact that there were so many guards on the floor at the end, there no centers on either end. But it's Chris Boucher who's consistently beating guys down the floor you know, you need that kind of energy. You needed Malachi Flynn today. You needed to run two point guard lineups because you didn't have any other backward options, right? The Raptors guards today were Dennis Schroeder, Malachi Flynn, and Grady Dick, right? So you had to use some two point guard lineups. You did that. You allowed Malachi Flynn to guard. Honestly, credit Malachi Flynn. A lot of times he got switches onto Pool, got switches onto Advia. Like, these guys are bigger than him. These guys are good scorers. And Malachi stood in front of these guys and guarded them. Guarded Kyle Kuzma as well. So you needed these guys to come in. And then, of course, you needed the rebounding effort. And I thought the Raptors, um, all night, they did a good job of, you know, taking care of the defensive glass, but especially in the fourth quarter, getting every single rebound you needed, even when the Wizards were trying to crash for them. Pascal, big on that front. Scotty, big on that front. Um, And with Chris rotating over at the rim, like, you need other guys to come in and crash. And you got enough of that. And look, listen, there were so many things that they didn't do well offensively, and I'll get to those in a second. But ultimately, that kind of scramble, panic... You know, hustle defense. The hustle in the fourth quarter was what you needed to do. I mean, the Raptors again—they they were down twenty-three points in this game in the second half, and they came and they came back to win this game. And I don't care which opponent you do it against. Um, I don't care what circumstances do it against. That's impressive to me in any circumstance. So shouts to the Raptors defensively and shouts to their effort uh as a group to to come back on this one. Um, I would say a huge shout out to Pascal as well. Like I, I again like. I cannot stress this enough. There's so many times when you come out and you watch the Raptors, and you you know like you 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 do all this time of thinking about like how to prepare for the game, how to like analyze the game, thinking about the tactics, talking to people, um, talking to the players, talking to the coaches, like you know just thinking about the game on this like level where it's like okay, um, there's a theoretical, and then therefore. You know, you, you, you run things through this equation and if you change the variables enough times that you should get some sort of predictable result. And then you come to the game and you realize like, yo, they just they just don't have the requisite energy. Like guys are just like not playing with any sort of cohesion. Guys are choosing their own numbers, forcing their offense. And honestly, at times playing in a, w- in a way that looks mindless in many, many ways, mindless and purposeless. And I thought you saw both of that from the Raptors today. And so when you get into those moments, it's like, you know what, how do you just snap out of it and try to fight through? And you need somebody to actually pick you up by the collar and drag you along. And that's what Pascal did here. I mean, A, it was a great matchup for him. Like, you know, I've always thought that washington I mean, he should just feast on Washington in general. That's not a team that can protect the paint. They don't have big wing defenders, nothing like that. Um, they foul a lot too, which the, you know, Pascal got to the foul line 14 times. The Wizards as a team got to the foul line 12 times. Right. So, You should have that, but it's also the energy and the will to do so. And, like, you saw Pascal consistently say, I'm going to go into the paint. You might say, well, look, listen, this is the right read. I'm sorry, but in a a game where nobody on the Raptors were were doing the right things, Pascal decided, I'm going to go to the paint over and over and over and over and over again. I'm going to take this punishment. I'm going to, you know, repeatedly exhaust myself going down there. And that's what he did. And you can't knock his effort at all tonight. Like, the fact that he had 39 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals... Um, you know, there's other things he didn't do well. Like, oh, four from three wasn't good. The fact that he missed five free throws out of 14, you know, he could improve on that for sure, and the six turnovers. But plus 18 is very indicative of what he did in this game. Like, he dragged them out of there. The Raptors could have been blown out in the third quarter. They should have been booed, honestly, by the fans who were in here. That's how poorly they were playing. But he actually picked it up, and he dragged them. And, like, no one else really even had it going to some degree. Like, Scotty had some pull-up jumpers early in the game. Um, but he looked kind of in and out. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But his energy, I thought, picked up really defensively. And he ultimately ended up this game with five steals. That's just Scotty. Like, it, even in a bad game, and I would say this was a bad game for Scotty. He ends up with 19, 9, and four and five. Like, that's just who he is now. Like, and he could turn it on defensively. He could turn it on offensively with the bucket there too late. Like, you know, he's been awesome in this game, but, you know, they just didn't have enough as a group. But, uh, you know, you, you don't even get yourself into a position to make a comeback. Unless you put in that kind of requisite effort, so I thought great leadership from Pascal. Thought guys really followed the suit and, and provided some energy. Now, in terms of the other side of, of the game, where the Raptors were down, what they were down nineteen at halftime. Yeah, down nineteen at halftime. Like, how did they get to that position? Well, honestly, they came out this game terrible. They came out this game so so terrible. The fact that the Raptors had to call the first timeout down eighteen and nine just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like. Um, you got uh, you, you just got like Wizards getting back to back threes wide open um, Wizards running pick and roll and getting to the basket every single time. And I don't know, man, I was concerned about Yaka in this game. Like, I wouldn't say that, like the, the on ball defense was excellent, but a lot of times it was still like, OK, Yaks in position to challenge late at the basket. And every single time, whether it was Daniel Gafford finishing around like. Uh, they made Gafford look like Hakeem at times with his like spin move, turnaround jumper, you know, short little finger rolls around the basket, you know, dunking the ball, um, you know, a strong, taking the layup strong and finishing at the rim. You know, it, it was wild how little rim protection the Raptors were providing with Yak in position, their best rim protector. Kyle Kuzma getting to the hoop, uh, Jordan Poole getting to the hoop, Tyus Jones getting isolations on guys. You know, that was tough and, and, and you did not see, enough energy, I thought, from Jacoperto for me. Like, offensively, yeah, they, they got him involved. You know, him high-low with with Pascal did some decent things. But ultimately, he did not close his game again. I feel like half the games this season, the Raptors have not closed with Jacoperto on the floor. And, and what does that really say about the fact that you brought in this center, which I can appreciate that, especially in today's game. Like, there are very, very few centers outside of, like, um, Embiid, uh, you know, Jokic, Bam, um, I would say this season, Rudy Gobert played so well that, um, those four, but there's very, you know, there's a lot of games where you choose not to play with your center down the stretch. So I, I, I'm sympathetic to that idea, but like, it's not a tactical choice to not play Jakob. It was the fact that he wasn't playing well enough defensively to start this game. The energy was low. Um, Dennis Schroeder, I don't know what kind of decisions he was making. Um, he's scheduled to come on the show tomorrow. So hopefully, you know, that continues to happen. And uh, I can ask him a little bit about sort of what went wrong in this game. But, you know, the shots that he was taking in this one wasn't good. One of 12 from the field, zero four four from three, including a wide open three in the corner there, I think from Pascal drove and kick it to him. And he had literally he was so open that he had Grady Dick standing right in front of him screening to get him open and there was nobody even on that half of the court and then still missed the three you know but it's the driving layups today that he got blocked on so many of these Jordan Poole blocked him like come on man Jordan Poole is a terrible terrible defender right so like you know that's the kind of like um, game and effort that we saw here today from him that wasn't great now defensively he picked it up he didn't you know he did some things okay with the the playmaking, but even some bad turnovers as well like just not a really good performance from Dennis it's like We've seen some, a really, really high standard, a really high level. So this, to me, was quite shocking. And then off the bench, I mean, like, Precious coming to this game. And Precious turning around to some degree, like, you know, he steadied and got to his level. But in the first half, the amount of times he, like, missed a pass where it was like Dennis stirred him up for a layup for a lob. Like, after a timeout, the Raptors run a pick and roll Dennis gets him a wide open lob and precious like somehow just has the ball slip out of his hands. And all of a sudden they go the other way. Washington goes in for a layup. So instead of a dunk for the Raptors and a ability to guard in, in, in regular sort of, you know, position. Now they give up a transition layup. That's a four point swing two plays later. The Raptors, Pascal drives in, does a dump off pass to precious in the lane. Precious should have a layup because he's open, but he fumbles the ball. And instead of two points for the Raptors, it goes the other way for another transition layup for Washington. Now it's timeout for the Raptors again. Like, that's an eight-point swing just off of two plays alone, right? But, like, that's kind of the effort that you saw from that, right? Malachi came into the game in the first shift. I don't think the energy was high enough. I don't think he got the Raptors into any, you know, tangible offense. That wasn't good enough. And there were too many mental mistakes made. Jalen McDaniels comes into the game, and I don't want to pick on him because I don't think that, you know, um, he's new here. I don't think he settled in all this other stuff, but, like, the bottom line is the bottom line. How many times does he come in the game and not make any impact at all, right? Five points, five minutes, uh, minus six in this game, doesn't have any ability to to get to the basket, it seems, hasn't really been able to make some shots, had a layup, driving layup today. He missed that as well. Like, zeros across the board, right? Like, it's really tough watching that. It really is. Like, everybody who comes in this game, and the Raptors were down a couple rotation players, so you needed him to come into this game. Everyone's got to bring something, and in five minutes he didn't get anything. In the second half he didn't see the floor, um, you know. And yeah, I mean, I, I think I think too. One thing that's been strange and also quite annoying is watching Precious run these dribble handoffs, and and they're obviously trusting Pascal, or Precious to have the ball a lot more at the top of the floor, giving him decision, you know, making. Um, Responsibilities, And I wouldn't say that Precious is the best decision maker overall, but hey, listen, it's development's development. We're going to trust him to run the offense a little bit. So when you see him run DHO, dribble, dribble handoffs at the top of the floor, it, it, it's weird. He seems reluctant to actually hand it off. Not in like a selfish way, just in like an unsure with the ball kind of way. It's like an opposite of a hot potato, I would suppose. And like it, the Raptors would need to run their offense like four or five times for cutters to come through. So, that you can even get the ball out of his hands with his, with his back to the basket and just trying to dribble the handoff. Like, man, like, th- we're talking about really, really simple things that just doesn't really seem to execute. And of course, like, I, I thought it was a really oddly, like, unenergetic effort from Scotty for the first three quarters to the point where, you know, when he came out in the second half, um, you know, friend, friend of the program, Levi Osman, who was watching him in warmest and stuff like that, he kind of noticed, like, he was really quiet, really reserved, just not him like himself to the start of the game. Um, and then to start the second half, so the Raptors obviously go into the tunnel down 19. And, you know, uh, you know they're, they're, they're slowly coming out of the, the tunnel. First guy to come out was uh, Scotty Barnes. And I thought, okay, he's going to come out, get some shots up, do this regular thing. There's like seven minutes left uh, in, in the halftime at that point, right? And Scotty just sits by himself on the bench, and with the with the towel over his head, and he just sat there. And eventually, more and more Raptors came back into the game. Um, they were all just directly start to go do their warmups, like in the typical thing, right? Scotty just sat on the bench the whole time. Eventually, uh, Mal- uh, Marquise Noel went over to sit with him, kind of put his hand around his shoulder, um, was kind of consoling him. I guess I don't, I don't, I, it's hard to tell. I'm, I'm really far away from that kind of situation. Uh, then Jama goes over and sits with him for a little bit but ultimately you know for the whole seven minutes while he was out there did take one warm-up shot just sat on the bench uh, and also and then eventually joined the huddle and took off his warm-ups and you know started the second half like and I don't know what's going on like I really don't but I think it kind of reflected the energy that he showed in the first half as well like it just wasn't really fully there like you know But I have to say, though, when he turned it on, it's night and day. Like, you could tell how much energy Scotty expended in the fourth quarter. Like, that was exhilarating to watch. He got a lot of steals, a lot of deflections, you know, was pressing up on the ball. Again, he forced that turnover with the moving screen. So, you know, i I give him full, full marks for turning it around. But the story of the game kind of was like Scotty Barnes to me, right? Because Pascal was doing his thing pretty much throughout, um, especially, obviously, in the third quarter, it really got going. But, like... You needed someone to join him with him. And I thought Scotty really joined in late. So I wasn't really sure what the energy was. But, yeah, the whole vibe was off for the whole team. And um, and I think, you know what? Listen, if we're going to be completely honest about it, like they need to be better on these things. Like this is not a good enough effort to beat like probably 25 other teams in the league. Like you could get away doing this to against Washington, I suppose. You can maybe get away with doing this to Detroit, um, although Detroit has really good rim protection. Uh, well, at least compared to Washington. And so we probably couldn't really do that. Um, and, you know, like, I, I, should, I don't know. There's The teams are pretty competitive this year. So it, you're not going to win most games like this. So even though it counts as a win and the Raptors improved a five and five on the season, it is still quite concerning. Like I would operate almost as if they lost this game and try to improve whatever they need to improve tomorrow at practice. But, I mean, at the same time, like, I think there's a couple of things that uh, they just need to do better. Number one, the communication defensively. They just miscommunicated so many switches. They gave up a lot of switches that they didn't really need to. Later in the game, I thought they clarified it more and more. They gave up switches even when, you know, it was like a Malachi switching on a Kuzma or Malachi switching on a Denny. They gave up the switches, but they had better help behind them. Or In the first, uh, in the first half, the Raptors were so late on help or so soft on help that guys were just able to score for Washington no matter what. Um, I thought the Raptors did a better job of switching and also helping. More importantly, helping behind that switch in the second half. Hopefully, that continues. I think. Look, to be honest, like you know, offensively, like the execution just needed to be a lot better. Like there, there's nothing that Washington really does defensively as a group that that should be able to stop what the Raptors want to do or what any team in the league wants to do. Like they're genuinely, like to me, the worst defense in the league. Um, they don't have the personnel and they don't have the togetherness and they don't have like the discipline to really play in that kind of way. However, the Raptors just, you know, made things so difficult for themselves. I honestly, I, Dennis, like, the 12th, uh, he went one of 12 from the field. Like, I would say, like, six of those were bad decisions. You know, I could live with 0-4 on open threes, whatever. But, like, there were some really, really bad decisions that that he was making offensively. And that's just not been like him. You know, like, he's been really, really sure-handed, really steady, really good for the whole team. This was a game where it was very out of character for him. You know, and I think that, um, you know, offensively, okay, like, Scotty took a lot of mid-range pull-ups. I don't even mind those, but, you know, I, I like seeing him get all into the basket. But a couple of bad turnovers as well where the Raptors weren't in sync. We already talked about the offensive execution from Precious. So those are all things that they continue, need to continue to work on because ultimately scoring 111 on the Wizards is like scoring 90 points on a regular defense. Like it, it really is that like they need to improve on that front. And listen, again, some of that could just, just be three-point shooting. It's not like they didn't get open three-point shooters or three-point shots they did. But they just couldn't knock those down. Right. Pascal continues to really struggle from three. Like it, he, it was great that he feasted down low, but some matchups he's not going to be able to do that. Right. Milwaukee, if they run drop tomorrow or on Wednesday when they play Milwaukee for the second time this season, if they run drop with Giannis and Brooke, Pascal's not going to be able to affect the game in the same way. It's just not possible. With, with much better rim protection. So then how can he improve the game or how could he impact the game if he is also shooting this poorly from three, right? So that's got to improve. By the way, the last time the Raptors beat Milwaukee, Pascal went, like, hit like five threes. Scotty had like four threes. Like, you know, that's that's different. In this game, the two of them combined 0 of 6 from 3. So they needed better three-point shooting. Of course, obviously not having OG, not having Gary, that's going to affect it a lot. I'm not trying to trivialize that. But, yeah, I mean, Grady gave them two threes in the span of a minute in the first half. But that was their only times hitting threes. And then the second half, they got Malachi for three and Chris Boucher for three. Both, I think, on transition opportunities or semi-transitions. So in the half court, the Raptors essentially just couldn't generate threes at all or at least knock down threes that they did generate. So those are things that they need to continue to work on. That's a weakness of the roster. But hopefully, 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 OG and Gary are able to come back into the team because you definitely need them offensively. That would have made this game a lot more comfortable. But uh, hey, listen, you know, the Raptors don't necessarily need to do what's comfortable if they do what's exciting and they do ultimately do the hard thing and they win it the hard way. And uh, for that, for that, I give them a lot of credit. I really do. Like it takes a lot of toughness uh, to, to do that. And um, I have to report that uh, Chris Boucher got the, the team chain uh, after the game. Uh, Darko said uh, he was outstanding. Um, Chris Boucher called it his John Cena moment. Chris is a huge WWE fan. I think him and precious are are both kind of WWE fans. And uh, yeah, they got, they got the chain, a la John Cena, although I don't think John, was John Cena's chain also spinning? I guess, like, they gave the belt, right? The WWE belt that spins, so that's kind of cool, but, I mean, it's good that you could feel really, really joy. You could see a lot of joy in this group, but, um, yeah, you also got to fix a lot of things, too, but uh, really, really good comeback. It really, really was great. Um, Chris Boucher, also with a really nice comparison, he said he compared Pascal's effort tonight to Lowry's effort in the Dallas comeback when they were down 30 in 2019, so, I mean, that's huge. But also Chris was a huge part of both these two comebacks. So you got to give himself some credit as well. But, uh, yeah, honestly, it, uh, it, it didn't need to be this stressful. But ultimately, it, it became very memorable. And honestly, I have to say one last thing is just for the three stars, obviously Pascal's getting the first star for me. Um, with the 39 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 15 of 24 from the field. That includes 15 of 20 from two-point range, uh, 9 of 14 from the free throws. Like, he he succeeded in this game very similar to how he succeeded in the Dallas game where it was post-ups, uh, you know, spin moves, finishing around the basket, relentless energy on that front, and then transition play um, for the rest of it. But I will have to say, I'm so happy for Pascal that he made a clutch shot. I know that that's been such a big thing um, that has been you know a a missing part of his game you could say it's bad luck you could say it's you know a skill issue whatever like I'm willing to accept on all that front but you know ultimately he is the number one guy in the team especially offensively um, or at least 1a 1b with Scotty. and you just want to see him be able to come through and make some shots in the clutch and whatever it's a turnaround jumper against Kyle's Kuzma and it hit short rim and it ultimately bounced in so I'm not going to try to gas it up beyond what it was but That was the most important bucket of the game, and we've seen Pascal miss a lot of those. So I'm happy for his sake that he was able to complete this game, complete this effort, put in all this energy, drag them back into life, and ultimately finish it off with the go-ahead bucket. Again, you want to see it on a more consistent basis. I don't see why he couldn't, but I like the fact that he trusted his jumper. Sometimes I feel like he kind of, like, tries to drive in too close and doesn't trust the jumper enough. The mid-range game is there for him, and especially when you can have these mismatches, like you should attack and exploit them and trust them a little bit more because he puts obviously a lot of skill, a lot of effort into his game. So congrats to Pascal, he's getting my uh, Raptors chain of the game. But yeah, second star I'm gonna give that to. Uh, I'm gonna give that to Scotty. Uh, 19 points, nine rebounds, four assists, five steals. It looked wasn't looking that way for a lot of this game. I'm not gonna lie to you, but down the stretch made a number of huge opportunities. Pressed up on Kuzma stepping out of bounds for essentially the game's clinching stop. Uh, made a whole bunch of steals down the stretch there, tra- pushed it in transition, made some great decisions. And I'm not really sure what was in the air tonight. Like, I, I just don't know. I would love to talk about it. Like, I, you know, I'm not trying to blame him. I'm just trying to observe sort of what happened here. It was a little odd energy-wise. But, you know, down the stretch, it was it was definitely the Scotty Barnes that we came to know and expect. That big bucket over Kuzma as well. I it cut it into four points. So... Scotty was huge. And then, yeah, your third star is going to go to Chris Boucher. 7.6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks, plus 14 in 21 minutes. Played the entire fourth quarter, uh, 3 of 5 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3. I mean, just made all the little hustle plays that you needed from him. They're not even little. They're huge hustle plays. So credit to Chris. Um, you know, in a chaotic game like this, you needed his all-out energy. And, uh, yeah, with the two buckets there late in transition to finish strong at the rim to, to give the Raptors the tie in the first place. Uh, was awesome awesome to see your Gerald Henderson award winner um I don't even know like feels like every wizard played really well like Koulibaly had a you know pretty active game defensively I mean look he's the closest thing to a defensive stopper and probably will be in in the future he really does have like really great quickness and length but he's 18 years old he's got a baby face like I'm not really sure that that's I'll probably give it like I don't know, Gafford, I guess. I would I would kinda want to give it to Kuzma because he was killing, but also at the same time he had a huge turnover late. So I'll give it to Gafford. 14 points, nine rebounds, three assists, a steal, three blocks, six to seven from the field, two of two from the free throw line, uh, plus seven in 26 minutes for the gaffer. Thoroughly outplayed Jakob in my book, but uh ultimately that wasn't ever gonna be enough to get it done. So huge choke job by the wizards, huge comeback for the Raptors. And uh, yeah, considering the Raptors play Milwaukee on Wednesday and also Boston on Friday, like you're going to have to really, really shape up if they want to continue this. But I also do believe that the Raptors played, you know, a D plus game in the first half and then they played an A plus fourth quarter. So um, the potential is there to play a lot better. And hopefully you get OG and Gary back in the lineup because you definitely need them a lot. So thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptors show. We have some huge interviews lined up for you this week. I won't say who just yet just because um, I don't want to tease it or give it anything away or over-deliver or over-promise. But seriously, we have some massive interviews coming up for you this week. So stay tuned to The Raptor Show. And, uh, yeah, thanks for all for listening. We'll, 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 we'll check back in tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern.